Conversation pit. So, anyways, oh my goodness, thank you for showing up. This was great. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting this is our fourth or fifth collaboration, and I think I've lost count, but it's it's been too long. It's been oh, since it I think I think it's been since last year, hasn't it? Oh, I want- has it really been? Oh, because we've been kind of paused out because of COVID, right? Co- like it's just well, been COVID, and I mean, I had a bunch of crap going on in my personal life, and I think you did too. Oh, yeah, that is, co- that is true. That is definitely true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we were going to collaborate on something, and then both of us had just so much going on at once, and, and I think we both were kind of like, well, let's wait until things kind of free themselves up a little bit. And luckily, I think we're both understanding to the point where it's like, you know, it'll work itself out. We just got to let let the chips fall as they may and let things kind oh, of Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's I think it's the one thing I can appreciate about your existence as well is that there's definitely we can definitely pick up from where we last left off. Like I could just say that we could end this conversation, come back next week and it's literally no problem. Like- I agree. <laughs> agreed. Yeah. And there's nothing really it it never feels weird, it never feels like off or anything. And it never feels like I have to try. Cuz you ever have that that um a feeling with people where you it feels like you have to put in a lot of effort or maybe they have to put in a oh, lot of effort. there's like absolutely a, yeah. like the wa- the wavelengths aren't quite lining up and you're it's uneasy and you're like oh shit am i doing something wrong or yeah and you always wrong? have to kind of what is it like you always have to test the waters to see if you're not yes. stepping on an eggshell somewhere <laughs> yeah whereas like i i've never had to worry with you at all like, even in the back of my mind like i've never had the moment where it's like you know, yeah I, i've never with that with you either. <laughs> it's never yeah it's never uh, have you ever had i don't even think we've ever did uh i don't think anything like major maybe little things but i think it's it's always whenever i've been going through like some crap and but it's yeah, like here's nothing to- getting like a trip down memory lane just to, like one because i'm trying to remember if we actually did go through something i just i don't remember I, th- I don't think it was it wasn't with you specifically it was when i was going through like a really bad time and i was like yeah. lashing out at people but that's like nothing to do with you or with anybody else it was just like me and my stuck in my own bullshit sort of thing Oh, that kind of life, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and most of the time, unless the person does something super egregious, that's normally I tell people like it's it's not you. I'm just I'm going through a bad time. Like, just give me a minute to kind of oh, decompress. I actually find that as something that I've been very keen to have to use myself. Like, as always, being to tell the other person like, hey. I'm com- I'm emotionally compromised right now, so maybe come back in about five minutes when I've like cried this out, and then we could probably tackle the problem. Like, leave- give me a moment to cry it out. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, well, and I've noticed too because I mean, with you, like, I mean, not to go too far into typology, but even when you disintegrate to one, I'm just like, whenever oh, I see, yeah. whenever I see those posts, I'm like, oh no, he's going through a rough patch. Like, I can t- <laughs> to read even- about all my hate. <laughs> Well, and even before that, I can sense the energy that there's something like going on. And I'm just like, I know that you can handle it. But at the same time, I feel bad because like, oh, no, this must be like. I'm trying to give myself that space because you know how we I don't know if it's a society thing, like being conditioned to just kind of see or kind of put down your feelings and not express them because it's seen as like weird or something. But then it's like, how do you vent? You know, like, what if you didn't, like, your friends aren't around at the moment? Like, you gotta do something. 
and like yeah. everyone's different so like what the heck like <laughs> it's it's definitely a society thing and i've noticed it. it it happens a lot in western society too especially with countries that are more developed like the u.s like canada like england wait i can actually UK. say maybe even far east ones too right like That's you can look true. at the asian kind of persuasion <laughs> The Asian background that also has this weird take on feelings. Like, you almost always have to be in control. You always have to, like, reject um, any kind of expression. You just got to follow. Which is, I, I get that there's a beauty in that certain tradition. It just seems too limiting. I think that's just for me, I guess. Like, it just seems limiting to me. Right, yeah. Well, and I think with, with people and with with anybody in any culture and i i think the problem with expression is we're taught how to fix and correct but we're not taught how to deal with it beyond that level of basic uh operation i guess is the best way to put it even i'm oh, having a, a tough time explaining no, but that, it. that actually makes sense yeah it's like we're not taught like what i i always remember telling another person i think it was it was daniel where i was saying it doesn't make sense because i'm i grew up I see how people instigate problems, but when they want to solve it, they often hide and they solve it on their own. So I was never really taught methods on how to solve solutions. I had to like learn that by myself, basically, like trial and error through relationships and connections with other people, which seemed like counterproductive because if you were just told like what, what was the way, like what was their experience in how to solve things would have probably removed a lot of I guess the potential heartache that I could be going through, but I don't know. I feel like we're just being told to hide certain aspects about ourselves, which makes no sense to me. Like, especially when those hidden things could help. <laughs> At least that's how I think. Oh, absolutely. I know how I grew up. We, which in a way, I mean, on the one hand, I understand why my parents were like this, but at the same time, I see why it's problematic where we, I mean, I grew up very poor and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in not the nicest of neighborhoods there's a lot of crime a lot of poverty a lot of shit that happened Mm -hmm. and stuff that happened under the surface too that you knew about but you never talked about because it was like taboo but you know they were like super positive you know always happy all the time let's have fun which i get it given the situation we were in given the environment we're in but at the same time i never really felt like i could express myself in a way that i felt comfortable with and it always mm. felt, it felt like the positivity was too invasive in a way. No, I, I agree with that because it seems sometimes that, like, I would prefer that the positivity is genuine. Like, at least it's real or something. But if it's just being used to mask, like, the pain, <laughs> I don't know. It feels like sometimes it's okay to to cry it out, you know? Like, sometimes it's fine to just, and I'm saying this now as the, as the Enneagram 7 that I am, <laughs> like, in learning that it's okay to be fine with negative feelings and that by doing so you're actually able to feel better after so like let's give it that place you know like give it that pathway but yeah i mean i gotta say though uh living like in conditions where it's not so favorable can really do cause you you want to develop like a really keen sense of humor right oh for (laughs) sure yeah well they say that the best comedy comes from misery right and that makes sense because instead of because on the one like you don't want to get too stuck i think being too happy or being too negative is not a good thing either way you know how are you gonna find your material right in your comedy sketches (laughs) exactly well and aside i mean in in uh high school my conduit in dealing with fear 
or dealing with rejection or pain was through anger. But prior to that, it was mostly through trying to make jokes, like trying to look as unthreatening as possible, right? <laughs> using humor right. as like a, <laughs> using humor as either a weapon or a shield, depending on the circumstances of the situation. Um, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been such a I had such a bad habit of using self deprecating humor to just try to like minimize because I've been a big fan of minimizing my impact all the time because I just didn't really like leaving a mark on people. If that makes sense, like right. I just would rather kind of float around and leave so that I didn't have to deal with the baggage of other people. But then that's because I just didn't felt incapable of handling theirs you know and also they hated taking responsibility for myself so you had like all of that going on at the same time so yeah (laughs) and and if you don't and if you don't know exactly where you stand with people but even if you do there's still that fear in the back of your mind where you don't want to burden people or you don't want to be the person who's constantly talking about their problems but then the other person feels like they can't express themselves like you know, you don't want to be the person that's just constantly talking about yourself because oh yeah yeah that that sucks that sucks or if people gain resentment because they feel like they can't be themselves around you. I mean, I've been on both sides of the coin in that regard. Same, same. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that's why communication is it's vital, but it's also the most difficult skill humans will have to do because I feel like so much can get misconstrued. Uh, and so much can be unspoken and cause so many problems. Even if people have the right intentions, sometimes we just go about talking. Oh yeah, like wrong I've way, had, right? I've done like mo- oh gosh, I've done monologuing way too much. I've been really careful now whenever I find myself for talking too long because I've been face to face with the description right from my type that I'm actually a very monologue declaring piece of you know piece of work so i'm always like oh no i'm actually talking too much so it's always trying to reframe it to like it's okay i gotta figure out how to ask questions i gotta listen i gotta do that kind of stuff because i just want to be able to find a way to engage with people that is productive Mm -hmm. plus this is also helping the fact that i'm also slowly turning into a misanthropist as the months go by (laughs) so if i need to right if i don't talk anymore it just it's better (laughs) Yeah, well, here we are I on a podcast, though. So I feel like that's counterproductive <laughs> again. I mean, yes and no. I think it depends on what's being discussed, and also, you know, the, the oh yeah, the uh, intent of the podcast. But that is that is true. I mean, if if it's just for what is it like random normal stuff, it's not really that enticing, right? Like I've. I would say that I'm quite fascinated with people being damaged and <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because that's basically my uh my coping mechanism is to just giggle every time because I'm trying to like contain it. But right, like I feel more fascinated to listen to people having damaged backgrounds and have experiences like comp or complex characters more so than, oh, what'd you eat this morning? Which by the way, I actually <laughs> didn't eat this morning yet. So there's that. To- <laughs> So it's like not important information for me. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm I'm willing to go out on a limb here. I think everybody has a damaged background, but it's how much are you willing to talk about said damaged background? I like but- that actually. I like that thinking because at least that makes me forgive people <laughs> faster. Yeah. Well, and, and and honestly, it's helped me not have expectations of people because that's a huge problem that I've had to work through because I. I guess I always erroneously thought that we I'd be on the same level with people. And when I wasn't, 
due to whatever reason and realizing that I had unfair expectations that we'd be mm. on the same level conversationally, I get pissed and frustrated, but then I'm like, wait a minute, that's not fair because I'm not letting the person step in. You know, it, it, it's, I'm pushing and constantly trying to get them to open up, but I'm like, you know, people have different thresholds of how much they're willing to open. I'm a pretty open person for the most part, except for basic privacy well, I no, I agree with that, especially with basic privacy. Like, I feel like there needs to be at least a line that, yes, right? Like, there needs to be at least a decent line that you don't cross because, well, I don't live with you. You know, it's like there, it seems the line kind of moves depending on how physically close we tend, like, we might be. But I feel like it could also mean, like, even in online situations, right? Like, right now, even like in online situations, like, it's a lot in social media. I feel like people forget that there is a line and like they're yes. constantly like crossing it. And it just amuses me because it's like, just because you can't see them through a screen or, yeah, because you have a screen in front of you, that's not the line. <laughs> the line is an unspoken rule that you need to be aware of. <laughs> Right. Well, and I can get, I become, and especially not just with politics, but in general, and I think it's become exaggerated now and more apparent with these COVID times. Oh, yeah. There are so many conversations that go beyond the necessary length of conversation. And I'm like, oh my God, these people are still fighting. What the hell? Like, I left this conversation two days ago (laughs) and I don't care about it anymore. Maybe in the moment I cared, but then I was like, I have other things to do you know no i agree actually about the COVID thing i actually i remember telling um a lot of folks that i could talk to (laughs) at this time that whenever i hear situations of like people being like way too expecting or like they have a, a sudden reaction to certain things i'm always like no one in this lifetime was prepared for a pandemic unless they're like weirdly kooky and then they have all these prophecies and stuff but technically <laughs> no one was really prepared like in the in, let's say in the reality sense right in the true matter of fact sense it's not like we could have prepared even though i i read somewhere that we were due for a pandemic but we it we didn't really know when and so yeah. when it did happen like it i didn't obviously no one really like we're still struggling because this is like one of the biggest ones we've gotten since and even in the advent of technology it's still was like a a struggle for countries so it's like in a psychological sense at least from how i'm seeing it um we can't rely on our old coping mechanisms because unless of course you're like a hermit (laughs) who've survived this long (laughs) like the introverts always like yes we won (laughs) but like we can't rely on it and sometimes when situations happen like when someone's frustrated with another person or something it's like yo they haven't gone outside for maybe just a week but we can't just judge them for oh you went out for a week like you should be fine it's like no no one's prepared for this like emotionally they're probably not prepared for it so Mm -hmm. if their habits are like off right they're gonna feel overwhelmed either way even in november like heck it's november (laughs) i know it's been six months and i i still think it's february like it got back to the cold and i was like oh my goodness it's like the beginning of the year and you're like wait a minute no it's not (laughs) Or I'm sorry, eight months, not six. I'm miscounted. I'm like, wait. Uh, I wasn't even thinking of numbers. That's why I was using words. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's at that point where everything is just running together. And especially now, I've realized that I've had to let go of a lot of the negative feelings I've had towards other people. Because I'm like, you know, even... We're all on the I, same boat. <laughs> yeah. Even if, you know, because we need to get through this as best as we can. And... 
it's like I I don't know how to explain it. I'm trying my best here because it's like my brain's like yeah. fried <laughs> wavel frito fried egg. Um, but I've had to learn to really become a lot stronger than I normally am and try to be the the calm one in the situation. Like you know, Do you we don't find know that that's commonly for now for some reason. Like I don't know if it's because we know type or something or like just being vaguely aware or being trying to be self-aware of our own emotional regulation that for other people who aren't familiar with it like i see them reacting because they don't know what to do like it's unfamiliar ground whereas like for us we've had prior experience of dealing things and have the jargon to describe it so it's like it's a bit different when it happened to us if that makes sense. Yeah. And and I think because of the mentor that I've had, you know, he's, and even this is bef- a couple years before all this happened. I mean, he's prepared me and helped me become a better person. Has challenged me to become more open-minded and not just be set in my ways and not be prideful. You know, a lot of the things too is like casting your pride away because again, you can't really do anything. Oh this yeah. Pandemic. I have, I got friends who are like, I, I want to give more. I want to help more. And like, sometimes you can't. And yeah, we got to draw, yeah, and you got to draw that energy from within instead. Like, I understand the need to rely on other people. And I think that's a beautiful and normal thing because we were, well, we're humans. We're bred to communicate and connect. But sometimes in a situation like this where isolation was is a solution to, you know, survival, sometimes that ability to give is going to be paused, right? And it's just, got to find another way. And... It's gonna suck. I honestly like I I've been like had situations and conversations with my friends where I'm like, it's gonna suck. Like buckle down, it's gonna Absolutely. (laughs) We have to we can't pretend that this is a beautiful moment. Like it's maybe it's not, or quite likely it isn't at all. So Yeah. Take it. (laughs) Well, there's always whenever there's some sort of major event there's always going to be massive upheaval even a decade ago when you had you know you had like 9 11 you had the iraq war you had and not long after that the recession hit right that's things 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 escalate same thing happened like you had covid and then in the states you had the protests going on the elect even the election too like it things just kind of Things tend to come in in multiples, right? You have like a plague, you have either <laughs> war or some kind of conflict, you have civil unrest, you have something going on. Life just likes to throw everything on our lap at the same time, doesn't correct. it? Correct. Like- yes, it does. Yes, it does. You age well, long enough and you realize this is going to be a, a recurring gag of life, actually. <laughs> yeah, in a way. And I think that's why I was talking to some my sister who's like, I mean, I'm a millennial technically, and she's Gen Z because she's a decade younger than me. And, you know, she's like, yeah, Gen Z, we kind of just like know that life can be really down and drab and kind of sad but we're just trying to do our best and i'm like you know what i respect that same i, I want <laughs> to renounce my I, my millennial id like can i move in with those gen z's i i'm living for this strangely positive nihilistic philosophy like i'm kind of into it now <laughs> yeah and even you know and i remember even when she because she came out of the closet and i always mm. knew but this is bad. I said, it's a relief. No more stupid men. Finally. Because <laughs> <laughs> all my sisters dated a bunch of like real winners, you know. And when she said oh. that, I was celebrating. I think I was happier than she was. <laughs> my, you know what? Okay, this is definitely unrelated. But I've found it so strange. Maybe because of 
how often I am on the internet now. Just how many people, like, how many weird, weird ass men exist? Like, or sorry, boys that like run around, like catching all these people. I'm like, there's so many of them. Like, really? Like, they're all dumb. (laughs) Yeah. It's what happened. (laughs) I was like, where are they coming from? Do they? I also, I feel like I answered my own question because the internet has now given these people a voice. Like so, even like the, the intelligent as well as the stupid now have a presence. Maybe that's why I'm seeing a frequency of them too. But it's just there's a lot. I was like, y'all have been going through so much. Like the poor women. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Even talking to, because uh, I've been. I mean, obviously, I've been out of the dating game for a long time, almost a decade. I've been with the same person for eight years, and that's not changing. But <laughs> hearing about the struggles that. Uh, my, my well, my sisters are getting married too. Two of them are, but my other female friends, what they've gone through with men, regardless of their if they're closer to my yeah. age or if they're thirty or if they're in their early twenties or mid twenties, it's fucked up for lack of a better way to put oh, it. Yeah, it's so weird. I've I'm so oh, I mean, here's the funniest thing though. Like, I actually I feel like it's a culture thing. Because it's so common to the point where people think it's another one of those things where people think it's normal to act a certain way, and see as being as the people who who are outside looking in, it's always like, "Yo, it's not normal. Like you're actually terrible. Like this is a terrible thing to do. Like get out." <laughs> like I'm just what? Oh yeah, and and I think that <clears throat> I mean people can live their lives as much as you know they can live their lives their own way, but. I, just too often I hear of stories of people wanting one thing, maybe someone wants commitment and the other person didn't get the memo or maybe they didn't communicate it. And it just oh, all I goes downhill so agree. fast. Oh yeah. You know, what's funny. I feel I was, I remember telling my opinion of how I believe that a good relationship requires at least a shared goal or a shared value. And then they're like, really? Like we could do, oh, we could want different things. And I'm like, wait, you do need a shared because like that kind of determines the commitment level or how long you're going to stay together. And then they're like, oh, I was like, wait, so you think that. So my thinking is, so they're so career oriented, which isn't wrong. But then I'm just thinking, like, maybe they have a different idea of what commitment looks like, because I'm going. I'm going like, for at least for how I, I worded it, I was like, OK, well, I'm here for the long run. Like, I want the, the 20, 50 years, you know either one of us dies at 90 kind of relationship. So I'm looking for the longevity. I'm looking for the sustainability. It's fine if you're not, but then you can't call that commitment if you're not looking in this, like, what? Yeah. (laughs) You can't come to me and be like, oh, we could want different things. I'm like, yes, but there has to be at least one common ground that you guys can keep coming back home to. Because then what's the point of coming back home to the person? Right? And it doesn't have to be... It could be simple. Actually, actually I, I'm going to go back on that. It could, it could be a simple thing. Like, it could just be, oh, let's have dinner together all the time, right? It could be a simple request. So you guys can have different lives, but just come back for dinner. But it could also be a big thing like, oh, we both want to be teachers or something. So we're like, we're going to help some, <clears throat> you know, developing country with both of us. Yeah. building. You know, like that could be a big goal or something, but it could be either or. But at least have that one common thing, right? <laughs> 
Because if you're completely least... different, what's the common ground? The sex part? I feel like that's not good enough to me. <laughs> no, no, no. It never is. Well, and that's, see, and people don't like to talk to me about relationship advice because I have a very unromantic view of relationships. <laughs> I, I, not cynical. Also, we both have yeah. an unromantic view on relationships. Not, it, it's not cynical. Def, it's more just like, I think relationships are work, primarily. And I don't mean this as a negative thing either. Not like, oh. But it's I it, I think it's just a fact that it is work. Yeah, I two lives. The heck? I don't like, like I don't like romance. I don't like that bullshit. Keep that bullshit far away from me. <laughs> if you try to woo me, if you try to serenade me, I'm going to punt you until you get away. I will kick you until you <laughs> I will drag you away and throw you out of my life because I I don't if you like that, fine. That's that's your gig, but I just I can't stand that. I don't know why. It just doesn't like. It makes I honestly, me- for me, I don't think I'm smooth enough to make it happen. Like I think people mistake my awkwardness as romantic gestures, mm. but the truth is, I'm just awkward. Like in period. So like, there's never going to be like, and I also hate tension, so I will always cut it. So whenever like someone's attempting to, you know, that rise of tension and the flirting thing i will then cut it by making like a funny face or like oh let's just eat like i'm just gonna (laughs) so can you so so can you actually sense it because i'm completely oblivious to it i can sense it from the other person briefly it was like a very small thing but i question it because to me it doesn't seem real like Mm. it just feels it feels like a movie to me and i don't like it because it if it feels like a movie to me it feels disingenuine or like it doesn't feel authentic so i kind of withdraw but then in that moment i feel like i also make the mistake of because i withdrew then it never happened or i didn't give it a chance to happen so there's that (laughs) i mean with the whole like outwardly obnoxious romance like the serenity shit like that like i see it but there have been times where there have been guys who have been actively trying to hit on me, but I don't realize that that's what they're doing. There was one guy in particular that kept doing that, and everybody thought it was fucking funny that I was so oblivious to it until someone had to physically, t- like, literally tell me, hey, this person was hitting on you. And I was like, hold on a second, what? They were? I'm like, I thought they were just being nice. Like, that's flirting now? And they pointed out specific things, and I oh, still my about like, the topic of flirting, can I can I introduce this? What yeah. has happened in the age of 2020 that Zoom flirting is now a thing, or like social media flirting is now a thing, and it's completely mind-boggling. At least that's how I've like engaging now as a single millennial that wants to renounce his millennial status, like just goes off into this, and people are talking about, oh yeah, you know, slide into my DMs and all that stuff. I'm like, what? Like that does nobody have phone calls anymore like what's going on i, I sound like i'm old <laughs> i sound, I sound yeah. like one of those these young whippersnappers and their zoom calls and like, like sis i had i had a friend this is as they have like zoom meetings like if not daily of like groups hangouts playing i don't know like those jackbox games or whatever mm. and they're like, I'm getting reports of like, oh, he showed up like five times, like one week. He must be into me. And I'm like, what? How do you know? Like, what? Like, what if he just showed up because it's a group hangout? Like, what? Like, and if he didn't make a move, what are you, how do you, what? Like, it's, 
And if you're not making a move yourself, it's like neither of y'all are making anything happen. So how can you even call it real? So at this point, we're just imagining a beautiful scenario, which I can I can work with the scenario, but then I can also tell me tell myself that it's also fake. Like it's mm-hmm. not real. You know, it's cute. We can make it into a movie. But that's about it. Like if I can make money off of it, maybe that's my <laughs> Yeah. Like, let's take that story and make it. But it's at the end of the day, it's a story. It's not reality. So, and whenever people ask me, "Is this person in me?" I'm like, "You're asking the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me." Because I, I, I don't. Unless I'm if I'm in person, I might be able to gauge it a little bit more. But if it has to be based off of if it's based off of DMs or whatever, I'm like, yeah. Don't ask oh, me because I can't me. help you. That's actually funny too because even in person, I'm still kind of oblivious. Did I tell you that time of when I was uh, dancing with this uh, Latina girl, and somehow I found out we were kind of into each other? No, she was into me, I think. And that's he. I'm still unsure about it to this day. I'm still. I still don't understand. And my friends were the one that kept kept reminding me, like, "No, she's crushing on you, and like, you probably have one too." <laughs> and I'm like, "Really? I do." <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's like, what are you feeling? I'm like, well, I feel like I want to fart, is what I'm feeling. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you probably have butterflies. I'm like, that's what you call it? I don't like that feeling. That feels gross. It's, it's like, weird. I feel like I need to go to the washroom. I feel like I need to take my pills. You know, like, it's just, I don't get it. Like, people think that that feels good. I mean, I see it in other people, actually. Mind you, like, I have friends who are all about that romantic life. And they're like, I'm twirling and life is great, which looks fun to me by watching it because it to me it's just i just see it as a movie thing you know like i just i'm happy for them i just i can't do it for myself like it just doesn't make sense for me i find it horrifying to to me it's like the scariest thing is falling in love with someone like i mean now now i'm not so much because when you bed with the same person a while you just after about year year five you're like okay all right See, uh, I, I like that because I, f- I feel like that's just how I view it now. Like, can we just skip the middleman and just be old people married? Like, is that just not a thing? <laughs> not, uh, not really. Or people that I know that are getting married are getting married in their 30s or their late 20s. I mean, I got married at 20. Hold on. I got to do calculations. 24. I'm 27 now. That's actually considering quite young when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, considering now in it. So my parents would be old because they got married like super young. Oh, true. Yep. But I mean, I, I, gosh, I had an old woman told tell me like she was in her 80, 90s. And she was like, how old are you? And I was like 25 ish at the time. And she goes, oh, but if I was your age, I would have had already nine kids. And I was like, no, oh, no, no, honey. <laughs> oh, honey, we're not having nine kids. <laughs> oh, my, my mom, my both my parents are like so when are we getting grandkids because i mean they they were my mom was super young when she had my older sister and she was Uh... like close to my age when she had me and then was close to 30 having like you know yeah still fairly aside from the youngest she was fairly young having her children but they've constantly been on my case so where are we gonna get grandkids 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 and i found out that she's not only pressuring me but she's pressuring my other siblings who are getting married (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's all about that grandkid laugh. I, my friend who recently got married, I think, yeah, last year, they've been, I don't say they were in pressure, but it is in the air and they could feel it uh, because their moms have spoken to me 
privately about it. <laughs> Why don't they're we have like, any grandkids? We want, yeah, we want them to have grandkids. Just don't tell them. But we want them. We want like babies. And I'm like, do you guys have twin like genes? So you can give one <laughs> of each to both of your in laws and then call it a night. Like just produce two and then leave them with them and just go. But yeah, oh, I know. I, Although I'm... they they did plan about it. They're like we they do want it, but it's just they feel like this year is just not a good time for it you know and it seems a bit well you know how some people have their feelings about right having kids i don't know if you okay let's let's dive into this like people always have different reasons for wanting to have children right mm-hmm. like i was thinking like there's some people who believe that well some people have those deep thoughts of oh i don't want to bring a child into this world because the world sucks versus oh i want to bring a child because i'm going to change the world for them or something like it's just different where do you fall into that spectrum i right now i'm not i'm not sure if i want to have children there's still the biological urge as there is in every person Mm -hmm. but i'm at the point where you know it's like the world right now again is not the greatest and also i'm i feel like i'm not mentally ready yet to have a child i'm not i feel like i'm not mentally mature enough to handle it yet that strangely mature coming from your kind of archetype if i remember correctly (laughs) like that's actually that seems to me that that's a lot out of you to say that actually yeah it's it's not something that i like to admit but even i know for a fact that i'm not ready to emotionally or mentally handle a child um and i know that you know and i don't want i don't want to put the burden of my crap my bullshit onto my kid or kids like i don't want them to have to deal with my misery i want to be in a place where i can handle myself and have them have them live their own independent lives of course teach them show them what needs to be done yes you know but i I actually see that as um like it's not it's like the positive version of a plateau like you want to be at a place where you it's it's an actual good nesting ground for producing offspring I mean, I hate to devolve into the concept of kids to just scientific words, but no, 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 it's, it's like, not. It's, it's, right, like, if you want to present like a nice home that you could actually be like, "Hey, you can grow up here." Like, this is. I mean, I feel like it's. I think it's in every person who ever thinks of having kids. Like, you want to provide some form of a shield for your children because they're like, well, helpless when they're born. Exactly. So you want to make sure that they don't like grow up as hardened and as traumatic like i don't know is it a thing like i feel like it's a thing where parents are like hoping like honest to the lord that their kids don't pick up any of their bad sides or something oh i mean it absolutely (laughs) is and my my thing the reason also why i'm withholding having children for now is because i want to be at a point where my children if i decide to have children which again still on the fence about that they live a better and more fulfilling life than I did. Like, I want them to have the opportunities that I did not get the chance to have oh, financially. That's so noble. I love emotionally. that. Because I think it's incredibly selfish to just, because there are some people, and I mean, I'm, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I think there are some people who try to have kids, try to fill in a void mm. or, you know, or for pressure. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's fair because, like, kids don't get to decide that sort of thing. You know, kids don't get oh, to Oh, absolutely. And if they're not in a place where they could provide for that, when that, because kids grow up, (laughs) I feel like they forget that they don't stay small and, you know, 10 centimeters in length or something. (laughs) Like they actually turn into adults. And so it's a huge responsibility to, 
to even like produce that to be like hey i made it because i don't know at least how i i don't know maybe i was raised this way to think that it's one it's like supposed to be looked at as a gift instead of a burden so you already have to reframe your mindset towards there and then also it's a responsibility to like impart right like to make this human being to become a functional member of society and you know make bigger and better things for themselves it's like that's a lot to put into that kid so and then imagine having more than one oh lord (laughs) imagine having nine the mothers before (laughs) i know well even i said this to my mentor and i've said this to other people like i want the suffering and the misery and all the that kind of stuff to end with me and with us because i don't like i said i don't want to put my children or if i adopt if i have children to put them through the same stuff that i went through because that has to stop and i don't i don't want that to continue at all you know oh, it's like yes. you know so and it's, i feel it's like the like, answer here is um get a dog <laughs> like just go no, make or, a barn of animals instead yeah well and, and i was even talking about this with Justin last night i said i don't need a big house i don't even want a big house i'd rather have like a decent sized house or whatever and then like mm-hmm. a plot of land for either farm animals or a garden or both like something to produce off of to bring more things in yeah because than- you just want to yeah you just want that space to yourself like what's wrong with that kind of thing yeah like and, something and to call to your share, own and stuff to share with the community or with what you know, absolutely. the environment make it make it because why would i want why would you want a big house? That just means you have more to clean if you don't hire someone to clean it. And even exactly. then, if you hire someone to clean it, it's expensive as fuck. Exactly. I think another thing that made me think about having a big house, if I were to do that, I would want to host parties all the time. Like, I, right? Like, that's the only way I could make, I want to get my money's worth out of a big house. You can't just buy. Like, you know those people who with 28 bedrooms? Like, what are you going to do with 28 bedrooms? Yeah, unless what you, you were jump running, on every mattress, <laughs> like yeah, unless sleep you were in a running different an one. orphanage or something, then yeah, I don't see the school. Point. <laughs> Let's call cool, it yeah. That. Exactly. Or you have your workers living with you, right? Like your employees. I don't know. It's just to me, it just seems crazy to like even think that that's like the sign of success is to have twenty eight bedrooms. Sometimes it's not. You know, maybe I feel like. I don't know. Is it a condition thing? Maybe I'm just being really like kooky right now, but I just feel like we've been conditioned to think of success in a certain way. And oh, we've we just have. now, right? Like just now un- unwrapping that and be like, yo, that is not working today <laughs> in this year of this lifetime. It's not working. <laughs> and well, everybody's got different needs. I think it's just because materialism is, is becoming less and less popular. Understandably so and rightfully so. Mm. because even thinking about the older people in my family and all the stuff that they have i'm like do you really need all this stuff of course my answer would be no but and i think it's also because again growing up when you grow up poor you think that because even i'm a scrooge and stingy about money and even justin my husband who grew up a bit he grew up in a very like upper middle class background he tells me he's like you worry incessantly over nothing like we'll be fine but and he's and but I'm like again, when you're poor, you never know if you're gonna be in a nice place or if you're gonna be living on the street. Mm-hmm. So, and even when people get bigger things, unless it's for like like I know someone who who bought a bigger house in Northwest Indiana, but they have a studio for recording. I'm like, oh, that makes sense, and he's that's what he does. 
Like if it's for a specific purpose, cool. But if you're if you just have a big house or like a bunch of cars that you don't drive, I I don't know. I just see it as being wasteful. Oh like, yeah, like that car could have been used by somebody else. <laughs> like, do you really yeah. need five? Right? Like, it's just. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. Sometimes I wonder. I a bit actually. I do wonder a lot about that kind of stuff because you don't really need it. I mean, just yeah, just a casual observation where there's a lot of things we don't need. <laughs> right, and I will say that with my parents. I mean, my parents are actually not boomers or Gen Xers because again, they were super young when they had kids. Um, I will say that they're a lot more sympathetic to millennials and Gen. Z than the a lot of my peers with oh, yeah. boomer parents like by a landslide. Considering, I mean, they're strict in some ways, but considering um, how much more lenient they are versus the people I know, I'm like, damn, I'm actually super lucky in that regard. Oh, it's this like a thousand percent. I having boomer parents, it's which is weird for me. I feel like there's a, a generation missed between me and my parents because they they had me when they were older. Um, I, one thing I would say that's a benefit in this is that I was never pressured to get married because that was just been my mom's willpower the entire time. Where she was just like, I never felt the pressure. I didn't care because I just wanted to live the best of my singlehood. And so she wanted to give me that where just enjoy being alone as best as you can. So when you do get married, you really want you like you're actually fully invested to be with a person rather than it's just mm. a passing feeling, right? Like rather than it just be a hormonal thing so i was like i actually like that i can respect that so i'm like you know what no pressure let's go live that life and then everybody around me is getting married and they're like you're not i was like no not really i'm partying it <laughs> up they're like they gotta go home because you know they gotta do stuff or whatever they gotta clean a house or something and i'm already like well i already did that this weekend you know like i already because i was also raised to be domesticated so it's like oh i already did that the other day so that was done so it just Right, like it just didn't seem to compute for me how the situation became. So it was just kind of like, mm. but then what you were saying about the boomer having it, <laughs> I feel like there is still a pressure there to fulfill the conditioning that they've been through because of like mm-hmm. the whole hardworking, the work ethic. I could say that I've had it, like I do have a bit of that because of how my parents were, but I also feel as though. I'm trying to subvert it somehow because it's no longer providing anything like substantial or fulfilling for me. Maybe that's just as a millennial speaking. It just doesn't feel fulfilling to just be working and then only having my weekends and weeknights to have fun. Like it just doesn't compute to me. Yeah, burnout and, and it's like yeah. why why risk why why burnout? Why? The emotional what is it? Emotional shield, walls, distance, detachment that I'm seeing with all of these older folks because of what they've done is like, yo, you're imparting trauma and you didn't realize it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's horrible. And just seeing that now and especially they, oh, I'm not going to get too political or too far into it because I know I'm just going to get angry. But even <laughs> when even when I had COVID back in July, and it was not fun. And it was miserable as hell. I was sick for a month. A month. Dang. And people were like, oh, it was just like a like a cold, right? I'm like, uh, no. No. I mean, no. some people, you could say that some folks had it the two weeks. Maybe that's just their genetics and immunity. But that's not everybody. 
Like, my husband had it for four days. I had it for a month. <laughs> there we go. You know what? You know about that actually. Just going jumping off of that, I would say that I find it funny that there is a thought process of people thinking that well, if I can do it, you can do it too. And I'm going. That's if you if everybody was the same, but that's not the case. Like what? Like there's no the universal standard is actually a myth. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Well. N- being quote unquote normal is a myth anyway because we're all and we're all hiding the skeletons in our closet. We're like... all suffering. We're all suffering in some way. We're just... All damaged somehow. <laughs> you know, are we willing to admit it and work on ourselves and move on from that, or are we just going to keep shoving that crap down people's throats and making people even worse? Or like you know, it's hiding it under the the carpet and sweeping like, it under like the rug. Yeah, yes, it just doesn't exist. And you're like, no, no, it's real. It's gonna come out. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I mean, I was even talking about this too with someone who's like, he's, I think he's like 19 or 20. He's another, he'd be technically Gen Z. We we're just talking about this too. How, um, you know, he's like, it feels like my family tries to sweep things under the rug, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's how a lot of uh, you know, a lot of older generations are, unfortunately. But yeah. on the bright side, we have a lot of younger people being like, no, that's not how things go. And to yes. kind of not normalize suffering or like mental illness, but taking away the stigma and, and having those away. conversations. Yes. Because I, gosh, it's, it's rough. Like, I don't know if I told you this, but I think the early part of this year, being, I guess, the person that I am now, like what we talked about earlier about just being aware of how, like, the words we choose now to describe how we think, because now that we're armed with it, you're almost like as a responsibility now to help the people in your household when they are going through like an emotional situation or they're going through a mental breakdown or a nervous attack or something. It's like you can finally like sit them down and be like, hey, let's make a space for you to, to breathe and relax. And then they're like, I've never had that happen to me. Like, they're always like, oh, no one's actually got me to sit down and take a yeah. moment. I'm like, you're allowed to take a break. Like, <laughs> you're allowed to, yeah, you're allowed to step down and just breathe and relax. You're allowed to stand up and be like, hey, this is too much. You know, like that kind of yeah. conversation. No one's giving them that space. And I feel bad for these people because I'm like, all this time, people just told you to like, suck it up, princess, move on. I'm like, sometimes that pep talk works. Like, I'm actually, I love watching those workouts where someone's like, just do it. Like, you got this. Like, I'm all about it. But in context, you know, what if that person is going through something really bad? Maybe empathy works too, you know? Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's, it's give and take. And even, you know, I guess as well, a lot of the times the way people act is also a product of ignorance, right? Oh, true. Mm -hmm. And always trying to apply themselves. Oh yeah. Sometimes willful, sometimes, you know, not. Sometimes accidental, right? It could just be like those things where they've just never been exposed to an alternative thought process that they're like, Oh, I could do that. And you're like, yes, yes, you can. Oh, absolutely. And you know, that's, that's been my goal in quarantine too, is to learn more about other people and other cultures besides, you know, because I think in, I know in America, especially, it's like, you know, the American dream, we're the greatest country, work, 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 work until you die, which, eh, but there, there's so much, there's a lot of ignorance in regards to other countries and in regards to world history, because we're not taught that much 
Unless mm. a U.S. president was involved in some scandal overseas, which happens frequently. Oh, well, there but we go. It, it, but even still, because I've been trying to meet people online from other places that aren't just like the U.S. and Canada or the U.K. for that matter. Uh, well, I would say this, though. You are one of the people I would say who is very cultured, in my opinion, at least. I try I try to be. I try to be. Like, um, I mean, even if it's just American, like, even if it's just because like, you have a good understanding of distinct American cultures by state that I've never really found in other people whenever i talk to them like some folks are predominantly just focusing on certain things in life but then you have a kind of a keen eye on how like different accents like different languages and then like you said like going into beyond because we've been we have talked like uh, to other people from different countries on because of online and so like i feel like you have a background to even tell me certain like if i were to ask you like certain things like oh planning to go to europe what should i look for you know like you can actually give me an answer like you actually yes. have something so yeah. i mean you're doing your job <laughs> yeah. it's working i love that <laughs> yeah well even t- even still like you can find differences i mean human beings are more alike you could go to any country and there's like you know all human beings are the same in some way it's just the cultural differences and the some of the religious differences that's really the only thing but those are just practices but those not are actual also people. fascinating actually that's absolutely interesting. like talking to people of different religions is actually one of my like secret interests because it's so fun to to listen to how it shaped their worldview like where they are at now in their life like maybe that's just fulfilling my identity whatever it is but it's just i'm here for that like go talk about it (laughs) oh yeah and i think with learning new languages too that's that's uh, that also comes with um with learning about cultures and people because you can learn and and also how languages interconnect because even i know someone who's from morocco and moroccan arabic is extremely unique because it borrows from the berber language but it also has some spanish influences which makes sense because you know spanish is north and i've heard certain words i'm like wait a minute is that this word and they're like yeah how would you know it i'm like because like because you're connecting the dots now because you heard it from that exactly exactly yeah. and then same thing with like Le- i know lebanese arabic has some french influences as well because of the you know yeah so it in, in different languages even english too you know, i english like is- that because it's like a piece of history is in every language in a way i mean i've always this is how i understood language i always thought of it as metaphorically alive because learning a language, you're also invited to learn the culture at the same time. Like you could learn the the syntax and the grammar and everything, but if you're not there with the people, seeing them converse with each other, you're only seeing half of what the language can really be, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. you, if you want to experience the entire like the beauty of what a language is, go see the people talk it. Like go see them like in their comfort zone, like live in their life. It's just fascinating. Oh yes. I mean, is this why um I remember you telling me this like you also you don't really you like to avoid tourist spots in if you ever go traveling. You like to go see like the the what is it the the actual people, the blood the sweat off their brow, the blood of their sweat or type oh, of people. Absolutely. <laughs> well, absolutely because, okay, for one tourist traps are a nightmare from hell. That is Regardless, true. The 40 to a 2 hour wait, like come on, get out of here. <laughs> It's it's the reason, like, I, I don't go to Chicago. Well, I'm not going to go into my issues with Chicago having lived in and around the city. But that's why <laughs> if, if my friends ever wanted to go, if they want to go to Navy Pier, I'm like, well, you guys can go. But I refuse to step foot in the Navy Pier. 
it's a tourist trap for a reason. Uh, or like, what even, do you do? Like, you just show up to take a picture and then leave. Like, you didn't really. I mean, there's there's an amusement park. There's a a, a botanical center. There you have like restaurants and stuff. But still, oh, okay. it's just it's too much, too much chaos. Uh, I I think you agree with, with me like, on this one, though. Like, if you were to go to some place, you'd pick the place. The time time comes into place, like into the planning on like when do you actually visit that place where it's least people. So yes. you can actually enjoy the excursion or the activity, right? Like, it, especially if you're going yes. to a restaurant. Like, you, let's say you did really want to go to a famous restaurant in New York City, but you also knew that it's busy as heck in NYC. <laughs> so you got to, like, pick the right time so that you don't go there waiting, wasting four hours just to have a table. Exactly. Well, and same thing. You know, I remember getting annoyed because my family used to go to Florida a lot. They, I oh, mean, wow. not... Not for COVID, but the worst time of year to go is like anywhere from like May to October. And they'd always go June or June or July. I'm like, no, first of all, it's hotter than Satan's armpit at that time. (laughs) Second, like, no, even going, especially going to Disney World in July, that was a nightmare for one, how hot it was. Two, there's a bunch of storms because it's the start of rainy season in Florida. So when is the right time to go to Florida for Disney World? Uh, January through March after Christmas, like give it like a couple weeks after uh, Christmas. That is Best- true. I like that actually because I mean I think we underestimate like it's coming from Vancouver where I am. I think I underestimate like certain areas in the hem- in the upper hemisphere because we still have like we have four seasons, but Florida may not actually have that. Like because they are literally closest closer to the hotter to the equator basically. Because oh, it sure. reminded me of like Philippines, where there's only two seasons. It's like summer and monsoon. And monsoon, <laughs> so, it's, yeah. yeah, similar to the rainforest climate. That's why. And yeah. same thing. Same thing too. There, there are some countries that I'd like to visit at some point, but I, I would never want to go to the. I mean, if I were to go to a bigger city, I'd want to have a guide or like a couple people with me. Say, I'm just, yes. like, I'm just yes. shooting from the hip here. Like, say, if I were to go to Istanbul in Turkey like one of the largest cities in the world. Mm-hmm. I would want to have at least like four or five people with me. And like, I'd like them to show me the, the more off the beaten path. Oh, or- absolutely. Like I actually want to, like if I ever plan to go, cause I've never been to Europe. If I was thinking of going to France or Spain, I want to go South. Like, I don't want to go Paris. I feel like Paris. I mean, don't go to Paris. Don't. I've it's been like to Paris. Horrible. Don't do it. <laughs> I, can- I could can- <laughs> tell cause my parents went to Paris and they were excited cause it's Paris. And then they're like, no, no, yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> I've been there. I can vouch. Don't go to Paris. If you're so, going to go to France, go to Normandy or go, go anywhere else except for Paris. Yeah, I was thinking like someplace where it's because you know what else I found out? Like when I went to, to South Korea and I, we didn't stay much in Seoul, actually, we actually stayed way more north, closer to North Korea, actually, is where we stayed at. It's like a mountainous region called Wachan. Mm-hmm. And the first of all, the food cheap as hell, like you leave the main city and food becomes way more affordable and way more delicious because you're in the place where everything is made. Right. So you're like, why were you even in the city where everyone overcharges everything because they know tourists are going to go there, right? So like you go to a place, you don't have to spend that much money and you get your money's worth. I went to uh, an all-you-can-eat bibimbap buffet for only 10 US dollars. That's awesome. Like what and we didn't even get to pay for it because the mountainous like old lady with us at the time paid for all of us so i was like oh well well now i feel bad like 
no, it's like, it's fine. You're, you visited the mountains. And so, you know, enjoy. I'm like, all right. But dang, like 10,001 is what it was. And it was just literally, they give you a huge pot to just eat. And they just keep giving you the sides because it's all about sides in Korean um, cuisine, it seems. Yes. Just drop in the sides and just adding it. The, the big pot that they give you is each. It's not for shared. You each get a huge ass pot for yourself and you get a huge ass spoon to eat it with. <laughs> so they're like, great. Bloated for one week is pretty much what it was, but it was great. Ah, oh, it was so good. It That kind of experience gave me that mentality of like, if I was going to go to a different country for a similar like food situation, because I'm such a foodie. Like, go to a place where you can, it's both affordable and delicious. Because those exist. Like, yes. it exists. <laughs> I was even saying, because, like, when I went to, because um, I have family that live in, Cle- well, husband's family live in Cleveland, Ohio. And I know a lot of people in Metro Detroit. I am shocked by how great the food scenes are in both cities. Detroit more so than Cleveland. I will say that they have a slight, a better edge, but I've had some of the best food in those cities. Even like Chicago can't compare. And that makes me very sad. Cause I'm like, what are we doing Chicago? Like, you know, two cities that have routinely had a bad rep and I've had like <laughs> great. Like I know that for, I know that Dearborn, I think it's, yeah, it's Dearborn, Michigan actually has the highest number of Arab immigrants. Oh wow! Yeah, and there's tons of great. I mean, Lebanese food is like one of my favorites. Like, there's, I mean, there's Syrian food, Lebanese food, like Arab food in general is just like, oh. I just forgot about that. Actually, the fact that multicultural food exists where we we were where we are is so good. Like, yeah, I mean, I love my Filipino food myself, but going out and exploring different foods is like, come on, like we're missing. Maybe that's where my FOMO is coming at. Like, I. I'm afraid that I'm going to miss out on good food, like actually different things that I've never had. Yeah. Like imagine like some, some person like coming in with some home cooked cultural food. It's like, yo, give me yeah. a, give me that, like drown me in the yeah. stew. Well, and, that's why, <laughs> my and, that's the, and that's the same reason why I try to go to the places quote unquote less traveled or maybe that don't get as much hype because like, even I remember once I went to, God, again, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I went to uh, Columbus, Ohio, because I had some friends at the time okay. there and like went to Ohio State. I was so disappointed because they there wasn't like, I mean, they had a lot of chain restaurants. It's a huge city because you have Ohio State University, one of the biggest yep. universities. And there were like parties, but there wasn't like anything that stood out to me in that regard. And I was kind, I was like extremely bored. I'm like, there are so many people from so many places, but it's like, what else is there aside from Ohio State? Like, what? And I felt like empty the whole time. And, well, I was also drunk as fuck, so that's probably what <laughs> <laughs> didn't help. But you know, so I, that. <laughs> you know, but I've been to Cincinnati. I've been to Cleveland. I've been to oh, Dayton's, nah. but <laughs> you know, it's it's just. I, you know what makes me laugh, actually, by the way, like the Midwest um, or anything in the states in the middle of America. I keep forgetting that they're all so near each other like they're all like a, a specific freeway di- distance from each other that like people have actually moved around those states a lot huh yeah for sure i mean for sure i i could go to it takes me about an hour to get to indiana on a good day if the traffic's not bad i but, can't relate to that because the nearest 
province to me is like 14 hour drive alberta yeah that's true <laughs> it's almost literally a day like if you're gonna but, drive like you just probably have to chill okay. in a hotel somewhere but the, weir- the weirdest fucking shit in my own home state i'm in illinois so my parents live like more in the north central part like the prairies basically so like you have Chicago and Chicagoland, then you have like northern, north, northern, northwestern Illinois, which is like the Rockford area, and that's more like industrial. Um, it's like kind of a mix between like Chicago and Wisconsin, kind of woodsy too. And then mm. you have like you have like the prairies, and it's all flat until you get to southern Illinois. You have Metro East and that, which is St. Louis area, and then southern Illinois, south of Metro East, which is Kentucky, where my parents live. It was so fucking funny to me that i got asked if i was from like michigan or something and i'm like no i'm from the same state as you but i'm from the fucking like southwest suburbs they're like no you sound like you're from michigan i'm like no i'm from <laughs> insert suburb here where i'm from and they're they thought that i was from michigan and i'm like that is that's hilarious wait oh wait wait so oh dang yeah everything is so close to each other i've never like the closest i could say for myself experiencing this is in the philippines because the provinces are so smushed together Mm -hmm. um but that's about it it's just such a foreign concept to me like as a canadian really just going like oh so you guys are just really close to each other huh like that's wow oh yeah well and it's the same thing too where um i've been learning spanish or trying to learn spanish Mm -hmm. and um trying to learn like what do they call it true spanish i guess like what they teach and um i tried to have a conversation with a friend of mine i know from argentina and the thing about okay argentinian spanish is difficult because they use some italian and portuguese words or they use like a different word for you that i'm used to and i i kept having to be like oh and as i found out there are some words that mean one thing in the spanish i'm used to that means something completely offensive to this country or that and i felt totally embarrassed because i'm like oh crap i didn't mean to like come across as you know because you've yeah oh gosh no i mean oh dang you know, actually and- wait the only way i can relate to that is um quebec and france french yes because they yeah. have a different like because apparently from how i understood it i was i was actually working with a frenchman from from paris uh I think just earlier this year and he, I asked him like, what was the difference in his, in his interpretation or his understanding coming as a French from France and how's it different from Quebecois. And he was like saying how Quebec has been so isolated from France because of how it kind of integrated into Canada and everything that it kind of stuck with its own traditional languages, like the language condition or state that France had evolved over the years as it evolved with the rest of Europe. So like now the mixture, whenever those two interact, it's completely different now because France is like, you're using old French. And then Quebec's like, you're using weird French. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, completely I, different. <laughs> yeah. Cause I have a friend of mine. Her husband is actually, she's from Nova Scotia, but her husband's from Quebec. And Word. I, I haven't even been to the East side. Actually. I want to go to the, like the far East of canada like nova scotia new brunswick maritimes basically i want to go yeah and it's funny because i forget because her husband is fluent in both english and french and french is technically his first language but he also learned english while he was young so he could speak english just as well but it's always weird to me when i hear him speak french because i'm like oh yeah he speaks like (laughs) it's 
I know, I went to Montreal. I know this girl who speaks three, no, four languages because of, so Philippine, you know how Filipinos have dialects, right? They're like, yes. literally they're actually their own languages, if anything. So she had Tagalog as one, and then she had Ilocano as another one, because she's come, she came from the province of Ilocos. And because she lives in Montreal, she also learned English and French. So it was mm-hmm. like, she could talk to us, at least to me, because I'm just, I just know Tagalog. I don't know the other dialects. So she'll talk to me about that. But then you'll like shift in ordering at a restaurant there and she'll shift to French. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Like your tongue can just make shapes. I'm like, that's the hardest thing for a lot of like, at least for South Asians like me. I find that shifting my tongue to fit European languages is such a huge struggle. If it wasn't Mm -hmm. Spanish, like everything else is just hard. And I think that's because of that Spanish invasion that we that Philipp- Philippines had. But it's just that I I can't seem like Slavic is such a hard language for me. Like it's just any Baltic, anything up north is just difficult to wrap my tongue around. And she could do it fine. I was like, yo, talent. Like, or time. <laughs> Maybe it was time. Like that that's fantastic. I don't know. It's it's cool to hear them talk, like to shift and switch. It's great. for sure absolutely and if anybody can learn any languages then hats off to them and i mean i'm I'm trying it's just it's difficult well i (laughs) I think well isn't it well i don't know if it's part of it is because we don't use it often right because i think i only got to learn tagalog fluently because my mom actually made an english ban in my house (laughs) <laughs> so that's the only time I actually got to be fluent she's like nope you're not allowed to speak English you're already speaking English at school you're gonna speak Tagalog when you walk into this house so I was like okay only now that she's well in my 20s like that she's like re- relaxed that rule because I actually now am very fluent in it so it's just like oh okay so now we're fine but it's just having that constant conversation can like like speed it up kind of thing that makes sense right well, I think it's because, yeah, because I didn't grow up with, with Spanish or um, any any type of influence from another language. I guess kind of Swedish, but my dad's family, is, I'm not going to get into that situation. But um, gotcha. just, <laughs> just with, um, you know, again, it wasn't until later in life when I started to actually study it. And oh, that's, I mean, that's fine. My dad, before he got married and had me and all that shenanigans, he actually stayed like in the south of philippines like he traveled all over the country to find work because he started out life as a rice farmer and they rice farming at the time wasn't really a thriving business Mm -hmm. so he had to like pause to you know work so that he can pay for education so you you know just to finish high school was a lot later than how a lot of other filipinos did but anyways point being he went to the south in mindanao and they speak a kind of broken spanish javacano he he was fluent in it only because he was in the environment like it was the only time he could actually do it and then now he's kind of forgetting it because no one no one about us speak it so it was mm-hmm. like he he still recognizes some words every now and then but it's like one of those you got to like throw yourself into the room that everyone's speaking and then you're just going to subtly pick up the signals somehow right right? like your brain starts making those connections and it's so cool but then it's like okay what am i gonna do that for japanese like i i can read the characters i just don't know what i'm reading (laughs) like i'll say it (laughs) i think it's just full immersion right you just gotta kind of jump into jump into the deep end because right (laughs) yeah theory only takes you so far you could learn it at school but it's different when you're actually in like practicing it yeah, it's even well. It's even with like 
learning socionics too was um I oh, yes, that's I didn't I wow. didn't I didn't understand it for the longest time until see I learned it the quote unquote wrong way. I started with quadras and worked my way down. I dissected it and then I built up the relationships. Like I di- dissected and then <laughs> rebuilt, which is not what was the right pathway then? You're supposed to like learn. I think I, there there are a couple different ways to describe it, but usually people learn the types, then they learn ITRs, and then they learn quadras. I basically did it in reverse because it didn't make sense to me otherwise. <laughs> Because how I learn is I have to I have to take things apart and then rebuild them in order. By the way, that was a sympathy laugh. I feel like I did the same mistake. Yeah, I I mean maybe it's just because FI versus TI. I don't know. Yeah, I mean as as a polar, like this is the one of the hardest systems I've ever had to dissect or even consume. Because I'm like sitting there going like, well, why does it have to be that? And like, why couldn't we just make it easier? But then I yeah. can appreciate, though, the work that was put in to make it happen. Because I'm like, actually, the detail is kind of beautiful when you want to look at it in that sense. Because it looks like clockwork. And you could appreciate the complexity of a clock. Yeah. So I'm like trying to reframe it by applying some kind of pseudo, you know, <laughs> logic into it. So that I can actually accept it for what it is. Because my brain's just like yeah. fried every time. I can't last... Like I don't know, you probably have a better stamina than I do. I can't last like a TI conversation. Like, no, well, uh, okay. I pretend think I'm to. It, but I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I I will sit there, but I will not contribute unless I'm there asked a direct go. question about it. And even then, I have to. Someone asked me a question, I have to sit and write it down and kind of exactly. go through it. Imagine, like, I'm trying to sit down and hear these people discuss socio in for like three hours at a YouTube video. I, I can't. Like, I, I watch the first five seconds and then I watch the last five seconds. If it's alive, I mute it and I, or I don't mute it and I go and start cooking. You know, I go to my kitchen yeah. and I start making something. At least with like <laughs> archetypes and stuff with like the Greek gods and goddesses. To me, that's simple because it's like, okay. It's a it's- lot more broad too it's a lot more broad and i can see it happening in real time right yes oh gosh and i mean it's it's different now because of the changing society as we know it it's a little bit it's some things are more pronounced some things are not Mm -hmm. but at the same time there's still that that sense of like this person's a like persephone this person yeah and it's kesha or whatever well, yeah, I mean, well, let's get it put this way. Like, we, you brought that up about, like, you're noticing certain cultural patterns that are, like, coming up that are representative of the archetypes. Like, you see, like, I, I said that it was, like, a decline in Hera. Like, there's a lot of people who weren't interested in commitment in that traditional, conventional sense anymore. Like, people are, like, applying a new institution to what they believe a long-term relationship is supposed to look like. It's just fine. It's just that interesting that I don't know, like, I'm kind of, my heart kind of goes out to, like, the declining goddesses or the declining archetypes who are experiencing, like, uh, being the unicorn now. You know, like, yeah. being the, the weird one now when they used to be the more predominant ones an era before or a generation ago. I I don't know. I've always felt sympathy, not just, like, uh, the stories and mythology. I always kind of felt sympathy for the Hera types because I feel that they get demonized quite a bit or misunderstood oh and seen as like the harping true you know and gaslit all the time because like their concerns are just constantly being dismissed as needy or something but controlling i thought the only reason why they're like that is because i thought that that was the arrangement that they were in you know like that's 
they're only acting that way because the arrangement is falling apart and they want to go back to that right like to that plateau of comfort again but that's not being given and so the insecurities started to come up because no one's you know listening or giving them that time to sort out their feelings plus mm-hmm. i mean if they married a zeus character like just gone <laughs> exactly what do you do <laughs> also yeah. i by the way i don't know if i told you this but i have been kind of calling out certain hair types whenever they tell me like what they want is like what they want in a person like as a potential mate or partner and i'm going sometimes the ideal that they're looking for is not going to match up with the like it's like of their brand of idealism is what i'm finding like they want it's, this character because it's flashy and it's interesting but it's not going to apply to them it, well and it's just like as i said before it's like charlotte from sex in the city right she gets the perfect marriage early on but then she realizes that it's not what's best for her yeah nor does it help her in the end and then she ends up going for for the complete opposite exactly and like bolin even mentioned that sometimes the premature need to be in a relationship is what causes the problem it's like don't jump into the long-term commitment thing because you're gonna find yourself in a committed relationship that you're not happy in yes so and that is gonna make that hera side of like the people are the ones that are calling it out like the the nagging the the anger the the spiteful woman but then those when you look at it like as an adult now you're like those are actually acceptable appropriate responses to somebody who's clearly dismissing you yes. someone that you thought that you loved with your entire heart has now decided to treat you less than so obviously what are you gonna re- how are you gonna react like as a as that kind of person like obviously you're gonna react a certain way so Oh, the Harris, the poor Harris. <laughs> yeah, Harris are just—they're in a bad spot right now. And like, even my older sister is a Hera, primarily, and I can just tell that this kind of way that things are going. Even though she's happy now where she is, but at the same time, there's still that sense of like, what is going on? Yeah, you know, is there something wrong with me? I'm like, no, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's just things are changing. You I know? agree, and I think that change is kind of scary for for hair types specific specifically like i feel like um a lot of the times that kind of archetype of the committed woman can especially now right like the changing climate in whatever realm you want to look at it is causing insecurity and insecurity is not a really good place for Hera's to have to be insecure like they want to be secure that's the whole point that's why they even got in the relationship to begin with they want that that iron like connection so that they can thrive and it's like sometimes i wonder if the people they're getting into forget that this is what they really want like they actually don't like they're very simple people actually if i want to look at it from that way like they want just one thing which is that commitment they want the connection that lasts them forever and sometimes i guess the person forgets that how simple that could be and also how easy you could break it because of you know how let's say how dismissive one may be or how distant or flighty or they don't take responsibility and it just hurts the other one because she has to pick up after after that so well especially with like i think with all the vulnerable goddesses to or vulnerable yeah vulnerable goddesses like kara or demeter if they get too possessive of not even just their kids but the people that they take care of or persephone's getting in the worst type of relationships or like causing issues because they want to be quote unquote taken away i i don't know if i'll ever understand persephone's if i'm being honest 
<laughs> I try, but I don't. I can't. I don't. Not I don't. I can't. I just. I don't <laughs> get it. it. Well, um, here's me trying to like. I I think that there's from having talked to a lot of Persephone's myself, I can understand that there is this need for society to be like, yo, get into that queen of the underworld status now. Like, be that mature old crone that we want you to be. But then there is that problem because they are generally so, like, open-minded and curious and youthful that they just for kind of invite danger <laughs> all the time. It's like they, they attract it it sucks because I feel like that's the pattern that they're cursed with. It's like they attract danger because they need to experience danger in order to become the queen that they need to be. And it's like, sometimes it just seems, I don't know, from my eyes, maybe it just seems unnecessary to go through such a traumatic experience. I just find it, this is going to sound insensitive. I just find it annoying. Well, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) Here's okay. Let me, let me be like, let's, let's backtrack them for a second. Um, that, it does not say like it's to be any way dismissive of their experience because those things actually help them become better people. It just seems too that like, I don't know if it's so much as um, their pair, like if someone needs to take responsibility on like what it is or if they need to find it within themselves to be valuable, you know, like to believe that they are actually valuable as an, as an identity, you know, that they can, that they have standards or that they can like say no because it seems like it seems like they're not is what I'm coming like I'm coming from like it just seems like it isn't and you're often like for myself as a let's put it this way I see Persephone's as like younger sister types where you like you have to kind of make protect them if that makes sense yeah I do always feel like the older sister to them but I don't yeah like <laughs> I don't <laughs> want like the, the thing older, is I don't right? I don't want to be though that's the thing like yeah, I not I don't, 30 right like <laughs> I get and and even like my childhood friend this is an example and like we're cool now but we didn't speak to each other for five years because she fell in love with this guy this guy was bad news and admittedly i was kind of a jerk about it because i was possessive because you know mm-hmm, it was like mm-hmm. this guy is threatening our friendship and the guy basically pulled the ultimatum like it's either you stay friends with her or you stay with me and she chose him and of course it got weird or got well, wrong real fast. Well, we didn't. We we didn't. We weren't friends at that point. It, I was heartbroken. I wasn't even up mad. I was upset. I was like, okay, yeah. so this is how it ends. Um, and I mean, she she ended up talking to me, hitting me up, and apologizing later. And then I was fine. I was like, no problem. Like we all make mistakes. But ever since then, I, I've just been at that point where it's like, I don't know, man. Because there's a need. I, I I'm detecting with them at least that there is this desire which. I think can be a pretty thing, but it could go ugly so fast. I feel like even they underestimate the responsibility that they're coming, they're walking into. Because I think they see the other energies and the other archetypes as like, oh, well, this person's responsible with their sexuality, or that person is very confident about theirs, or that one just really has a lot of goals, and then they just don't know what they want. And it's like they need to look inside to find that. Because all the other ones got got that going on and so not having that internal narrative to give them the strength is kind of a hard thing that they have to learn like it's almost it sucks that they almost have to learn it by experiencing it 
which is like every parent's nightmare. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's true. And I want your kids to go through something traumatic. Like, I, goodness. Yeah, and and I feel I do feel guilty because again I know that they have to, and I realize that it's not necessarily their fault, or they're not like trying to cause duress. But you know, it, I I do feel like it, it's it's a give and take, right? You know, mm-hmm. on the one hand, I'm like, ah, why? But on the other hand, it's like, oh, okay, so they have to do this. All right. I don't understand it, but. Yeah. Like, it, it's good that we had that conversation, like, opening this up. Because, like, for people who identify as Persephone's or have that kind of mindset of, not even say, maybe I'll just say it. Like, the naive, youthful, fun, thinks everything's just going to be fine. But then it's like the whole world is not fine. Like y'all got to open, like take off those rose colored glasses. And this is like the seven telling you take off the rose colored glasses and just yeah. like, look at it for what it is and then make an informed decision. Hopefully, you know, like it's just, you hope that they can be responsible about it. So heart goes out to the vulnerables, put it that yeah, way. For sure. Even, even like Demeter, other Demeter types. Um, oh Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like, I don't think, I'm actually, I was thinking about, I don't think I'm like core Demeter. I think there's Demeter influence, but I thought about this a little bit. Ooh, but like, yeah, no, we definitely have to talk about that. Like we, uh, we'll put that as a different time. Like we, because I want that to be like extensively. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Because I, I have a couple things, but even like the people I know who are Demeters, like it's almost like they, they, they feel like they can't live without their children. Even my mom is like a core Demeter to give you an idea. And she yep. feels, she feels guilty if she does anything else that doesn't involve the family or her children. And I don't, to me, I don't understand that at all. Like I, I mean, I, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, you have to be your own individual. Like you can't just, and that's also why I don't like, I don't want to have children right now. Cause it's like, I don't want to, you know, put that on them. I don't mm-hmm. want them to be all of my existence, you know? And I don't want to like feel that sense of loss, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not yet, at least. I mean, maybe if I'm in a better spot, or maybe if I figure it out, but I'm like, you know, the Demeters I know get heartbroken. Even if they, they don't have children, if they have people in their lives that just like, you know. So so my friend is a core Demeter, and it's Demeter, Demeter, whatever. It's it's so funny to, well, it's amusing and fascinating to watch. Um, Always wanted to have kids. Always surrounds herself with children. That's how, like, I've picked it out, like, automatically. I was like, oh, you are that. Um, there was this conversation, and I think I brought it up with you before, where like they were the suggestion of why not just get a pet instead? Because it at the time where it seems difficult to you know have a child that turns into an adult in this time of the of the world, that maybe it's a better choice to get a pet instead. Because I know that she's going to give that whatever she gets as with all the love in the world. But then of course the question came of you know, what are the responsibilities of owning a pet it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be an expense for one, and it's going to be another, you know, thing. But that they settled on a rabbit, by the way, mm. which is like, a, they settled on a rabbit, they settled on something that is like, kind of low maintenance, in a way, like not as needy, um, still very cute. And I was like, you know what? I like because she actually used to own a rabbit before. I was like, why didn't you tell me that? Like she had already experienced it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I would have, my mind was already like fearing for the pet, not because like I didn't think they could handle it, but I was like fearing for like what potentially heartbreak that they could go through. And I'm like, you already were taking care of a rabbit before. I was like, oh my goodness, then it's perfect. Like then you know exactly what to expect with that little critter. I was like, oh, 
full full all power to you then have fun let's see what happens apparently um it's in a month they're gonna get it now like they're preparing for it's like a new baby like they're prepping for the, the crib <laughs> and it's so cute to watch actually having no dem- dem- like demeter energy with me it's fun to watch i was like oh like you're gonna give him like a bow tie or something <laughs> and then they're like no no we want him to be comfortable i'm like oh okay telling me not to give him costumes <laughs> it's like okay like I was sending her pictures of rabbits with hats. She's like, no, oh. they don't like they don't like wearing things. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Miss, she now knows everything about the animal now. It's like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> she has to dive deep within. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, apparently, I found out too that because they're prey types, like they don't like being held and right, like being carried and thrown into the air because it reminds them of like an eagle talon, like on them. So mm. like they're very nervy, nervous types. I was like, oh no! I'm like, I didn't mean to. Like I was thinking of like buying them something. And I'm like, wait a minute. What if I freak them out? Maybe that's not a good idea. <laughs> something else. I know Katrina is a Demeter type, and she also owns rabbits. Something else. I just realized. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't wait, know, but she. Wait, she hold up. That is a thing. I know the mythology relates to that because Demeter has a close relation to Astara, the goddess of spring, and Easter. Mm, okay so there could be some kind of weird connection there i have not done my research yet but they have equivalencies in other cultures and like in norse i think it was ostara um that yeah who connects with demeter um because it's god of the spring harvest wheat and grain and farming and all that like rebirth really so it's like all of that going on so i was like oh you you might be onto something about rabbits <laughs> maybe and animals in general whereas like and that's why i was questioning because i'm like i don't i'm not a nurturing person like at all (laughs) at all like it's a joke in my family that i'm like the worst when it comes to that or that's funny to me because i like i'm more of a accidental nurturer like i'll just so happen to give you the blanket not because i want to but because oh i have blanket you have body on couch cover you know like it's just I just, I mean, like, I'll be there for people, but it's like, I don't know what to do in that regard. You know, I'm always like, uh, you're sad. Oh, okay. Uh, what do I do? Just stand here, listen, like, wait, you know, you know, and I'm like, I feel so out of my element. Every that time. is hilarious. I feel like an but- awkward, like an aunt that has, that's been handed a baby. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Well, there- you know? <laughs> By the way, I feel like we should put a pause. You know, we've been talking for about over an hour now. That's what happens, dude. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what we covered so much. I actually don't really have. Um, I actually don't put in the topic before. I put in the topic after I've re-listened to the whole thing. It's and better that's how that I way. Make the summary, because like, yeah, because I feel like if we had a topic, it feels pressured to remain on topic, and I. I feel like I've made a mistake in the previous seasons of the show where I've just been kind of way too eager to like talk about one thing but then realize how i'm not even like that myself and it's not it's not comfortable it's not natural for me so i was like we gotta make it natural and like right now we had like really good like what is it rapport back and forth yeah (laughs) well even if even if we get we get to another topic if we veer off of it like i i to me i don't mind at all i don't really i don't care so so We'll pause it right now. Thank you so much, Katie, for like showing up today. This was a wonder, and it was we like were... kind of what is it like those short notice situations? 
You know, we were due though. It was it was long overdue. We needed it. We needed this. It's been too long. So it, I I wouldn't even say it's short notice because it's something that we've been wanting to do for a while. But if finally things lined up, oh finally. yeah, absolutely. And you know what? This is not the end for you, actually, because I don't. I keep saying that it's never really the end with a lot of the people that I talk to. It's because uh, I know when I talked to Daniel like over on Friday, um, that was fun. Like we got to go through so much, but then I feel like there's so much to talk still. You know, we even didn't even talk about food. Oh, I know. So we'll we talk did about a little that. bit. But we we'll did talk- a little bit. We'll talk about food again. <laughs> we'll talk about food. We'll have you talk- again, and we can talk about food. <laughs> so let's do that. <laughs> okay, food. We're gonna have to extend at least to maybe three hours. I'm not even joking with you because I. I- here for that honestly <laughs> i could go for hours so dude. for people That's who are listening it's like if you're guys gonna listen to us talk about food and what things that we want like she is a baker she is what aren't you an award-winning baker yes oh there we go not, i not to brag but <laughs> yes so this girl or this woman all right is like fantastic i actually take a lot of advice from her when it comes to in the kitchen and it's been by the way you've actually revolutionized my my cooking and baking so oh. it's been very fun, actually. I just want to mention that just casually. Oh, well, thanks. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that I've been able to help because listen, I had to start somewhere, and it's not easy. And it I wasn't hard. told. Cooking is hard. <laughs> I wasn't told this, so I figure if I can tell people about these things, so that they don't go through the same like setting their oven on fire, like I Absolutely. did. <laughs> yeah. No. Here for that energy. I totally agree. It's so so hard, but. Yeah, no, you've actually helped make a lot of the situations feel easier. Like, I'm not as intimidated by the kitchen anymore. Like, the pie, I actually made blueberry pie, and it turned out fine. And, and you like, were so fucking worried. I'm like, dude, you made a fucking pie as your first dessert. the dessert. first like, time I ever did everything. the least of your worries. <laughs> the least. <laughs> so with that being said, thank you guys so much for showing up. And thank you again, Katie. It was amazing. And let me just end this recording now.